what is up? My name is Will, and I'm here with my co-host, Drew. And this is the Nostalgia Test Podcast, a podcast where we go back to something from our childhood or teenage years. Maybe it's some music, maybe it's a game, maybe it's something else, a movie or something. And uh, we evaluate it and our memories of it and see if it still holds up today. This episode, we've got something definitely music and definitely middle school, high school. And I feel like it's honestly that sweet spot that... um, Capture so many people, and it's going to be Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites by Skrillex. Um, mm-hmm. Before we go there, though, what have you been, you know, listening to and watching? And yeah, how's your week been? And I know we're kind of moving into finally being able to do stuff outside. So, like, for me, my sisters came this past weekend, and we actually, like, ate outside. And I don't know, it's not like I'm not like one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, that's like the coolest thing ever, but it is nice. Like, I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> Well, now now it's nice right now because, like, you know, we've been stuck inside for so long. So it's it's nice to be able to start to, to open up to some of those things. Yeah, but uh, what have I been up to this week? Uh, I didn't realize what a luxury eating in a restaurant was. So mm-hmm. that was fun to, uh, to go out a couple times, uh, get some food, get some drinks, see some friends. Um, what else did I do? I also went uh, camping. Uh, that oh, was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah, went out with some friends. Uh, it was described to me as a cabin, but it was more like a shed, so I should have packed more. But we were like, because it is like barely a cabin, we were like out in tents and stuff like that. It was really fun. Yeah, that sounds like the cheapest kind of like, there's like the glam camping and then there's a shed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it was basically just straight up camping versus uh, staying in a cabin. So uh, we would have been camping this I won't even say it. We had a music festival uh, that got yes. obviously canceled. Uh, sad. That was gonna be so much fun. Oh well. I don't. I don't really think about it though. Like it's not. It's not as emotional as it really could be. So I'm. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, things that I consumed this past week. Uh, didn't listen to much music, but I went back to Jeremy Zucker's album, and that was fun to listen to again. I listened to that this week too because I was like hey. summer. I don't know. It just felt a little bit summery to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, so that was fun. I, like, started watching it because some friends recommended it, and I, like, really wasn't into it first, and then I just literally devoured it within a few weeks. (laughs) Uh, what else? And then on your recommendation, I'm finishing Adventure Time, and that was, again, one that, like, started, really wasn't into, and then, like, shot through. Yeah. Sorry if I spoiled the Orgalorg um, episode or character. Uh... And then what else have I done? Oh, and then the Pokemon experience dude, pass I was came out. Say, but no, the Pokemon, dude, the freaking direct, or not direct, the the presents today was pretty crazy mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think I'm definitely most excited for uh, Pokemon Snap out of all that. Have you played the original? Yeah. So yeah, much fun. same. I actually like don't, I'm not on the hype for that, which is like kind of confusing me and I'm trying to analyze why. But mm-hmm. honestly, like, this is going to be such a weird thing to say, but the cafe mix game I'm considering, I'm thinking I'll be more addicted to because <laughs> historically, like, Pokemon puzzle games can get me, like, nothing else. Like, I've, I have an embarrassing amount of hours on Pokemon Shuffle just on my 3DS. That's right, you showed me that. And then it came out on the phone and I played it all over again. And then when <laughs> I switched, like, to a new Android phone at one point, I lost my save data and I considered doing it a third time, but I was like, no. <laughs> I was super into Pokemon Trozy when that was out, which was basically just Pokemon Bejeweled, but right. I was super into that. 
Well, mine was Pokemon Candy Crush, so yours obviously wins. <laughs> hey, both both are uh, both are guilty pleasures. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna do that expansion pass like right after this, honestly. How yeah, I've I, I've played for a few hours and I've done zero story except for like oh. the the beginning fight that it makes you do when you actually get there. Yeah, I'm I've so literally because it's like all a wild area now, so I guess you can just kind of. I think everybody agrees that sword and shield like we're not quite where they should have been for being like next gen pokemon first mainline on a console you know yeah uh but one thing that already diving into this one you can tell that these expansions were more of what they were hoping it to be right uh like i just spent hours just wandering around and this isle area which is basically all connected like the wild area of pokemon Mm -hmm. at the main game uh it's just like the wild area in the base game was massive but a lot of the zones other than the few massive weather changes they kind of all look the same and you know you see that same tree copy paste it (laughs) over and over again this is just so much more diverse an area and there's uh just so much little environmental detail and stuff so it uh awesome. makes exploring feel like you're actually exploring and not just wandering over a plane that they pasted some trees and drew some water into yeah that's awesome and like i'm kind of like semi-excited i get so much dopamine from completing the pokedex and i got all but like four mysticals on pokemon home so the fact that zoro Zer- whatever i don't even know the the new mystical they're giving out that i missed i'm just so pumped yeah. to finally like get one more check and then i'll need like Hoopa and Volcanion and like the ones in X and Y and Sun and Moon that I like kind of didn't play the game as much then but yeah you're almost there um yeah on my side I've been kind of really diving into like history and politics and really educating myself and doing my due diligence finally Uh, I voted for the first time which was less cool than I thought but I I feel good like kind of (laughs) researching into like local politics and stuff congratulations and I've watched a ton of documentaries recently um, I highly recommend all of them, but I just started When They See Us on my sister's recommendation, which has been really good. And I watched mm-hmm. 13th, which is so, so hard to watch, but so educational. And then um, mm-hmm. Just Mercy on Amazon Prime, and that's like a drama. And I, I realize I love documentaries and I love dramas, but like there's a few that they get so real. And so I get so like tied to these people that like I honestly get like a constant pain and like tense like anxious kind of i don't know just like a knot almost in my heart and it's like awful but it at least gives me more empathy i guess so it's been really cool mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome also listening to a ton of kendrick like i've been listening to this awesome podcast dissect which i know you listen to as well and mm-hmm. just going through to to pimp a butterfly almost like i've listened to this song so many times like every new episode i listen to i like to space it out but I kind of like mm-hmm. listen to it all over again to get the context of like each set of songs and like the story so far and how the like poem builds and like I love Damn and Good Kid Mad City, but like this one I haven't like related to enough before. But mm-hmm. after really learning about it, I feel like it's like one of the best like history lessons and things I've learned about like the black community and African Americans and stuff. And just like also just human nature. And I think I particularly is like my favorite song based on the lyrics and like seeing how far he's come and i can like put myself Mm -hmm. in that too so yeah it's a very good one on there uh off of that album 
I really what do I really like off of that one? Uh, Wesley's theory every time yeah. going into it gets me just like it just sucks me in. Yeah. Uh, what else beyond that? Uh, King Kunta is always a favorite. The mm-hmm. Black of the Berry are so yeah. like, and then there's th- and there's other ones like like for free mm-hmm. and these walls that honestly are more impactful, but they're almost like painful for me to listen I to. I know, and you like, as well. That one is just like it's that same feeling. It's just like oh, so real, and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I also got up to giant lady, giant woman. So I was like, I was really doubting you when you said that last time, but then I was like, well, the episode is Steven literally Universe. named that. <laughs> <laughs> in steven universe that's a weird transition but cartoon going from all the serious <laughs> so, intense stuff <laughs> you gotta you gotta have a lighter note though although just you wait until steven universe goes from being lighter to having no a, literally like i, needed, I needed like an escape in my life and that was honestly what steven universe was doing for me was like okay it's just this fun little fan fantasy world that i don't have to think about like people hurting or like people fighting just just you wait for now it's not that but then <laughs> It'll, then it then it will get serious. It still it still winds up being light because I think I think what I like about that show is that the main character has such like a, a childlike innocence, and you yeah. could tell like his caretakers are kind of more serious, like they're like more serious about everything. But then he's just like, oh, I just want to eat like cat shaped ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> like, eat some eat some French fry bits, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what you think of it later when it starts dealing with like, uh, how we process emotions and how we grow up and things mm. like that. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, we've been ingesting some uh, great stuff, but what are you ingesting right now? Yo, so right now I'm drinking this beer. This is by Oscar Blues. This is called Death by Affogato. It's supposed to, have you ever had an Affogato yeah, dessert? Yeah, twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so it's supposed to be like that. So this beer, they made it with lactose, vanilla, mm. cacao, and espresso beans. Oh so it's supposed God. to kind of be like that. You can see, like, really, really dark. Yeah. Uh, the the head is, like, almost gone now. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, basically right. gone. But it tastes like melted ice cream and coffee. Oh, it's really good. That sounds perfect, because I love the, like, darker beers in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. What have you got? I've got this um, Summer Crush from Yards. It's a new summer beer, and, like... I haven't had a beer in a really long time, but I'm like really, really like I I have it in my little surly glass too. And I always just get taken back to like my first beer like summer. And I just have a lot of emotions tied to just like a ale kind of, it's like a citrus wheat beer, I guess. I don't really, I'll have to learn. I always have to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it sounds like it's a, it's a wheat beer. So it's probably like an ale and it sounds like they added some citrus element to it maybe they put some like orange in it or something like that yeah there's an orange that looks like a sun so i think you nailed it (laughs) there we go that's probably perfect for this hot weather right now yeah all right so what is our topic for today skrillex oh you couldn't guess oh my gosh (laughs) this was like literally our first well i don't know i guess you should go into because you kind of got me into him way back when so how did i find skrillex so how i found skrillex personally was i was getting into music you actually helped me get into music a lot other than like the music that i learned from my dad when i was like really little uh you know you exposed me to a lot of things like muse and coldplay and a lot of like 
uh, alternative rock and stuff that I was like really into. And of course I listened to pop cause it's like, I wanted to relate to people. So I listened to what literally I would just like go to the iTunes top 10 and be like, Same. what's on the top 10 this week that I can talk to like kids about, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I like the thing that was like my own was I was getting into electronic music that we've like talked about a lot before, but I was into like, I was into like house, uh, and progressive and, and, uh, techno and stuff like that. You know, I was listening to Dead Mouse and Cascade and Daft Punk and Swedish House Mafia. Like, that's what I was listening to and not really anything heavier beyond that. Right. Like, some Dead Mouse tracks were, like, the heaviest things that yeah. I listened to. So then this kid at school uh, was, like, uh, so we were, we, were in our, we were in our English class at the community college. And... Uh, you know, like, we would talk about music and stuff like that, and he was into, like, he was into, like, rock, he was into some indie rock, and, uh, but he was also really into, like, punk and metal as well, so we would, like, talk about, like, the different things that he enjoyed, and he turned me on to a lot, but he was, but I, like, told him, like, I was into electronic music, and he was like, oh, no way, I've heard some good electronic music, and then in, uh, class that day, coincidentally, <laughs> um, our like teacher was talking about how like medium our English teacher was talking about how like mediums change and things like that. Talked about how music is like being made electronically now. Mm -hmm. Uh and she was like, here's an example of electronic music. And it was basically just like a pop song or an indie song mm -hmm. that used like a sequencer. Like they had right. sampled something into a sequencer and like played it out. But it was very much just like an indie song or a pop song. Uh and then this kid who I would talk to about music was like, was like, oh, like, I wasn't thinking of that when I was thinking of electronic music. I was thinking of this. <laughs> and he goes up, he goes up to the, to the, uh, to the computer that was being projected and throws on the first of the year oh. video, which had just come out like oh a month before or something. And I was like, what Jeez. is this? Talk about and an awakening. I think I... Our teacher almost had a heart attack because, you know, not only is that such a heavy song, uh, that was, like, such a heavy song, but, like, the video for it is incredibly dark as well. Well, the, the dubstep, like, synths honestly sound like a heart attack or, like, a telephone ringing very violently, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, uh, so I was like, I'm not sure about this, but that was also coincidentally when another friend showed me Bass Nectar. Mm. So I was, like, getting into Bass Nectar and I was like... Oh, maybe I should go back and check out Skrillex again. So I had I had scary monsters and uh, and more monsters to listen to, and that's how I got to where we are now. Oh. And how long was that before I got into him? Like, was that I guess in the fall, probably like early fall? Just like just like a few months. This was around. So this would have been twenty eleven. Yeah, because I got into him in twenty eleven, yeah. November, December. Oh yeah, so this would have been so I did around that uh, like end of the summer, beginning of fall. So yeah, it was a strange time. Yeah, I remember you showed me the first of the year video and recounted that story. I'm remembering that now, like back in 2011, you and I was about to say like, why didn't you tell me? But obviously you did. And I remember I like rejected it because the vocals were just so like cute and like chipmunkish, and it, that's the part that turned me off, which was like so strange looking back on it. And then our friend Matt, like, shared with me the Corn album that came out that fall as well. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's what got me into it, because I always loved that energy, I guess, of, like, 
rock music but then I was such a nerd too like I love video games so it, it felt like a culmination of those two things I guess I don't know yeah it's just awesome yeah definitely and I mean all new and at the time around like 2010 2011 uh, up to 2012 that was when dubstep was taking over and it was like a sound that nobody had heard before and it wound up bleeding into pop music and every pop star was doing a dubstep right. beat over the, under their songs like yeah all of it you know was one of the most recent true like like moments that changed the sound of the greater zeitgeist of music because mm -hmm. thinking like more recently how we have like the trap wave recently but even still trap is built upon such deep hip-hop roots yeah and truly dubstep is built upon some pretty deep electronic music roots too on top of like drum and, and bass and jungle too. like they share that and hip-hop and dub reggae like it's built upon those roots but it also is so much its own thing whereas you know trap you can kind of i somebody's gonna like somebody's gonna berate me for this but I don't know. I feel like you can like tie trap much more closely back to southern hip hop than uh than you know. Whereas like we're talking about dubstep right now. Yeah, like I think so. It's almost like the UK America kind of um, back and forth with music that happens a lot, where they take something we created and they like make it way better. But in this case, it came from UK and it kind of was the yeah. opposite. Which like I guess the people in UK are probably like shaking their heads because Skrillex to <laughs> some people ruined dubstep because he made it. True. He made it punk and he made it melodic and he made it in your face. Whereas before it was yeah. this like subtle, it, yeah, it had like the dub and the like reggae elements, the very minimal, lower lower range sub and like slow. Yeah. But then Skrillex just like turned it up to eleven and brought his like American yeah. rebellion punk, you know, sound to it. Yeah, you can look at old like old UK dubstep sounds. Like you can look at Burial and Scream and Caspa, mm -hmm. and it's like very different than what Skrillex did but I mean honestly what like Skrillex did is what helped me like fall in love with it because I was able to, you know I was also listening to like Mayday Parade right. and uh, My Chemical Romance and I was like wait and then I was also listening to house music so I was like wait this is just punk electronic music yeah. and it was just insane yeah I mean to bring it back to the EP we're talking about was 2010 and honestly, it was kind of a combination of Electro House, Progressive House, and Dubstep. Like, if you look at the EP, it has all of those through a lot of the songs, so. Yeah, it wasn't just, uh, it, although Skrillex was being classified as Dubstep, that's not where he started, and that wasn't, and really still isn't today, 100% of his music. Yeah. It was definitely, like, a lot of, like, recess and stuff, but, you know, it's, it's really pretty diverse in all of its inspirations. Yeah. So the EP is Scary Monsters, which most people like, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, which most people like consider his first real project. He had uh, before that, gosh, he had My Name is Skrillex, which I got to go back to and listen to, and he had the Weekend single. Uh, but a lot of people consider this like his first real release under the Skrillex name. I guess it was like his first commercial release because I, I, he was saying in an interview that like My Name is Skrillex was just independent because he didn't want to clear the samples and like pay all the money and he just kind of threw it out there for free. Um, yeah. And honestly like... I remember yeah. going to Blood Company's website to like his old management's website. You had to like go through this and it had like a MySpace link and you had to download it. <laughs> it was a journey. Yeah. And before all that, he was in. He was the lead singer and did some guitar and from first to last. And he's recently kind of rejoined and done a few things with them. But it, yeah. it kind of goes through his blood. It's like music has always been a huge part of everything he's done. 
Yeah, and we can't forget his right before becoming Skrillex. He had a stint as a pop singer, too, that only lasted for, like, oh, wow. a year-ish or so. But he put out, like, a pop EP. Oh, yeah. And it's really... it's If, if anybody wants to look it up, he's just called Sunny. Uh, and I think it's called... Gosh. It's either called Gypsy or Copa Face. Mm-hmm. I think it's Gypsy. I remember um, that once, yeah. Yeah, but that is that one's kind of cool, too, because... It's almost like the transition between those two eras of being in like, uh, like an emo band and then becoming this emo EDM producer because mm-hmm. he starts to make beats that sound similar on this pop project, but he's still singing like he was, mm-hmm. uh, on his uh on his days in the band. And the cool thing too, just like not to get too far ahead, but like he kind of is iterative with every stage of his career. Like you could say that you know his like hardcore and punk kind of thing inspired heavily what he was writing in under Skrillex and then you can even look at like my name is Skrillex and see a lot of those samples used in Scary Monsters and then you could even look at like a lot of the songs and how he keeps kind of remaking them and like evolving them in subtle ways I guess little callbacks here Mm -hmm. and there okay so I'm not so I don't want to be I don't want to be wrong so I'm going to correct myself now before somebody else t- before somebody else does in the comments and that EP was called Gypsy Hook so it was almost right I got half of it right uh, but yeah that was in 2009 so literally right before becoming Skrillex wow yeah it's crazy yeah so anyway this EP oh this this it's one of my like probably one of my favorite musical collections ever Really? Honestly. I was trying to like, yeah. I was trying to think about it because I love all these songs so much, but like I got into them in 2011, I guess you did too, but there was so much other yep. Skrillex material that like, it's a little bit hard for me to separate this out. Not that I didn't like buy the whole EP and listen to it through mm-hmm. a lot, um, but I could easily just look at like Weekends and the Cinema Remix and the Levels Remix and um, mm-hmm. everything else and like... Not that it's, like, an era, but it is his, like, earliest work. Um, yeah. And, like I said, it's also derivative that, like... But it's, it's like, the best groundwork you could ever lay as an artist. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yes, for sure. And the interesting thing at the time that you would have gotten him into is he had all those remixes out. That was a big year for remixes for him. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, a couple months after you would have started, then Bangerang came out right after. Right, that's the thing. I remember when I was looking at him, I was like, oh my gosh, Bangerang like, just came out. I was like on iTunes looking at him. Mm-hmm. So yeah it, yeah, it wasn't the most amazing time to get into him. Like, not, not, it was obviously the best time to get into him, but like, I'm not like an OG fan. I mean, I guess I, more <laughs> than some people, but. More, more than a lot of people, because a lot of people didn't wake up until, uh, until they started hearing Bangerang and uh kyoto and summit and all those well no i do the the parts of the cp i like are that it's not as commercial and as mainstream sounding as Mm. bangerang and his like later work i think it is more um i don't know like if you look i was listening to his songs on soundcloud like um cat wait what is that song called cat not cat rats um yeah yeah there's like a lot of older songs that like you can really see how he got to this point Oh yeah, there's like an old Mare Hawthorne remix up on his SoundCloud, mm-hmm. and it's weird to go back to that point and be like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's really neat. But let's run through all the tracks on this thing. The other cool thing about all the tracks is eight out of nine of them, like charted on Beatport within the first like two weeks it came out, and this was like his first 
paid release on Dead Mouse's label, actually, Mousetrap, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Dead Mouse really, uh, really put him on and introduced him to all the Beatport people, and yeah, got it. I, there's this. Oh my gosh, this is. <laughs> we're, we're delaying talking about the the individual tracks, but uh, I remember this old video. Uh, I'll send it to you after this. Of Dead Mouse like took him to the Beatport offices, and he's just like this little kid with glasses, wearing skinny yeah. jeans, and he like has his laptop plugged in and dead mouse is just like sitting there like looking at him oh and he's like and he's talking he's like uh this is the first track on the album like he just doesn't have that confidence yet i think so i've seen that video but like i couldn't find it i was trying to find is it when they play rock and roll in the in like a studio yeah oh my gosh yeah. and wait do you know what size jean he was wearing in that video by any chance uh he's wearing i think size 27 skinny good eye good eye mate <laughs> sometime we'll tell the story of how we know what size pants skrillex wears <laughs> also it's less creepy than you think yeah also this thing won two grammys which is crazy actually that kind of blows my mind when i think about like the like the content on this thing and how it ever could appeal to like people that aren't young and understand the scene you know yeah it's absolutely wild i mean like skrillex has won uh i'm looking at it now. <laughs> he's won 10 10 grammys oh my God. but for what he got for this one specifically was that he won uh, Best Dance Recording and Best Dance Electronic Album. So I guess that was for the Scary Monsters song, won the Best Recording? So Best Recording was the song, and then Best Dance Electronic Album was this. I guess it, it's an EP, but I guess they counted it as an album. Yeah. It is, It is. if you count the remixes, it's basically as long as an album. I also saw something weird that said there was like a version that had weekends on it, but like I didn't like look into that much, but... I w that wouldn't surprise me. That's not the one that I have, but right. uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so anyway, the EP opens up with Rock and Roll, mm. also known as We Will Take You to the Mountain. Mm. Uh, it's just a freaking... Oh, how do you describe it? It's like, honestly, it's kind of like the essence of his spirit. Like, I was watching the music video for this, which I forgot was a thing. And I, it's one of his best videos to me. Cause it's just, oh, I love oh. all the tour footage and it's beautiful. It's just, and I, yeah. I don't know if you had this thought, I don't know. Did you watch it recently or do you just remember it? Not recently, just going off of a uh, memory. So I watched it yesterday and the only thought I had was like, if you watch this and then watch the music video for Mumbai power, he's literally not changed. Yes. He hasn't aged a day. Lost boys forever. That's his thing. Peter Pan never aging um mm -hmm. good people good times like literally he's had the same life for like 10 years and like so many people when they get like in the limelight and get you know huge and famous they totally sell out totally lose track of who they are but this guy is just down to earth and if anything he's gotten better like as a person and like how he's impacted oh, I think so, yeah. the world so yeah yeah uh just like that spirit that spirit comes through here you've got this massive electro banger mm. right here uh oh, it just i love the variations that it takes it's a it's yeah. an electro song so it's inspired by house but the variations that it goes uh you know when you're listening to like a house song you uh there are certain like gradual progressions it goes through but this one although it has that four on the floor beat it just is all over the place mm -hmm. in the sounds that it samples like it's just perfect and i also love the like halftime drop that makes it more dubstep and i'm just a i'm a sucker for like anything that's house tempo but like has the halftime beats in it oh oh yeah much. and that was a uh, that was pretty groundbreaking for the time yeah and also i don't know if you 
have danced to this song on Just Dance, but that that was like such a big moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, something that I thought was so underground is like on a video game that everybody's playing. I forgot that it was on Just Dance. Yeah. That's crazy. And I remember like, oh, how are they going to censor all these like weird little people screaming? <laughs> and then of course, one of my favorite parts of this track, and it's kind of indicative of what a lot of people felt about the sound at this time at 2010 2011 right. is that sample at the end yeah. where the guy is like they're not artists because nobody can play the guitar do you know what that's from no i actually don't it's it's freaking from the glitch mob just like doing a public prank not really a prank but they just went out in san francisco and like did a live set on the street and then they interviewed this guy and he was like they're just a bunch of guys making noise <laughs> that's so funny and i mean and there there we go again glitch mob like oh. legendary pushing the scene forward and uh yeah i'm sure skrillex was uh, inspired by them as he made things like this and surely heard that and sampled it for the song yeah i mean it was in 2008 which just like that 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 blows my mind so much i was yeah yeah this is uh this is definitely one of my favorites off of the ep yeah it's, it's, it's really underrated by... too like oh yeah i haven't heard it in forever like i don't I'm sure he's played it, but, like, he definitely doesn't rinse it like other songs. Like, it's not a, like, mainstream... I mean, it kind of is, but, yeah. like, it's definitely, like, been forgotten, in my opinion. Or I, I feel like it's been forgotten. Oh, yeah. And it's not when he throws into every set and everything like that, so... Yeah. Definitely. And then following it is the title track. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, how do you feel about this one? This thing is... I mean, it's, like, the perfect culmination of this record, like... It dawned on me, and I, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm not stupid, but, like, I listen to music in different ways, so I'm not always thinking critically about it. Like, when I was first getting into Skrillex, I was more just like, yo, this sounds so amazing, you know, and, like, the energy of it, and, like, I loved mosh pits, and, like, dancing, and being able to, like, I guess, be myself and dance without, like, having to, like you said, like, look at the pop music and see what's popular and what other people do, but it was just a, a platform where you could just do whatever you wanted. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like the point of this album is really, like, scary monsters and nice sprites. So you have, like, super, super dark evil. Not really, like, evil, but, like, really dark, really, really dark stuff. And then, like, really, really hyper, light, cute, um, you know, whimsical stuff. And this song kind of lays that groundwork of, like, it's so, like, mysterious and, like, the weird vocals. And then the crazy, really, really heavy drop. And then, like, every, like, eight bars, it switches to this, like beautiful melody and then back to the dubstep and then melody like i love the like flip-flop mm -hmm. of the drop where it goes you know super dark melody and it, it has a nice like ping pong you know call and response mm -hmm. yeah the the melody is carried out throughout the whole thing and it kind of ties it all together mm. and then of course it closes out with that little sample which being being like a very like uh emotional young kid you know oh, yeah. going through a lot of changes and things like that that sample at the end that's like you don't need to hide my friend for i'm just like yeah. you that like always was just like my little like oh that's like my comforting thing and i think uh if i remember correctly the first time that we saw him live the last song he played was the vip of this and the the closing of the whole show was just like the piano of the melody oh with that uh sample at the end and i literally like felt like a tear like oh. coming out of the end of my eye it was just like so emotional in that moment and i also love figuring out that it's like reversed throughout the rest of the song and mm -hmm. i was like looking up lyrics for multiple songs of this ep and like everybody has a different interpretation of the lyrics and to me like none of them are like lyrics and i think 
the coolest thing that um, Skrillex keeps doing in music is like um, revolutionizing how vocals and like singing is looked at and used. Like he honestly, part of it is sampling, but um, he kind of uses his own voice. And he was like a lead singer in a punk band, and he like keeps singing in a lot of his songs. But he'll just use his voice as an instrument and like make it almost like a synthesizer. And the way he processes it and like affects it is just like nothing else. And I feel like so many people since him have copied him. And then you can even look at like um, uh, Face My Fears and that vocal processing and that style. And even Where Are You Now with Justin Bieber, like that's kind of the start of him doing that with like, he made Justin Bieber's voice into the drop synth lead melody thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like almost everybody in pop music has like copied him since, not everybody, but I've just heard that style so often since then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely in terms of uh, the style of music, he definitely, uh, it's a signature of all of his, uh, most of his tracks. And we can actually think of some, uh, another group that we really love, another vocalist we really love doing the same thing. Can you think of uh, what song I'm thinking of? Well, with Scary Monsters or with something else? With, uh, with you know, like, uh, in a way, chopping up your, chopping up your voice as an instrument uh, to, you know, kind of sing in a uh, in a way like that. Oh yeah, I guess Porter from last No, no, I'm thinking of somebody like uh like way before that. And he wasn't he wasn't doing it electronically, but he did a a similar thing. I guess it was in a way it was electronically, but not like in a DAW. I am I'm... And the song that I'm thinking of is Muscle Museum oh, by Muse, where Matt Bellamy plugs the mic into the was it the amp? Or was it the fuzz factory? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like half remembering and half forgetting to be honest. And I feel really bad about that, but I do remember like learning that and knowing that. It might have been into the pedal and then into the amp. Oh but no, no, because no, he sings. Yeah, he uses the guitar effect as his like over his voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, at the end, and that's not the exact same thing, but it's kind of a similar concept. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I actually really got inspired by Muse with my own music I was making and Skrillex. So like manipulating stuff like that was always like really attractive to me just like to take something and then like make it something else so yeah i yeah. totally know what you mean yeah so after the title track is the third track kill everybody which mm. always creeped me out but ah uh, it just slaps so much yeah and like i i feel like this is almost in the same vein of like it's super dark but then the track after it is super light and it's almost like a lot of like punk and hardcore and screamo music has the like really really dark like the most aggressive energy but then like the most melody and like softness and vulnerability and i feel like he translates that perfectly into this song especially where it's like who would even say i want to kill everybody in the world and eat their heart you know like it's the, mm -hmm. but like it's this like cute little voice saying it and it's almost it's a weird thing yeah yeah this one uh this one's over another four on the floor beat, but uh, it kind of preserves the wobbles from uh, his dubstep songs, and it's just, uh, oh yeah. I also love like for being for being at this tempo, it's still super heavy. Yeah, this was like probably one of the heavier electro songs like ever, or at least at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. I love how for he sure. like no. um makes the voice into a like dubstep synth in the intro where it's like it's just such a nice effect i feel like a lot of people have done that too but oh uh, yeah for sure 
So that's one of my favorites. And then After is one of the more subtle songs in the album. It's All I Ask of You. And I love the transition yeah. with like, I always thought of in Kill Everybody, that one sound is almost like a hyena, like barking. I always thought that. I don't know if you ever got that from the, <laughs> like, whew, or whatever, the little woof in the samples or whatever the sounds. Think, thinking of it, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. But I love how, like, the that little sound perfectly blends into All I Ask of You, because, but then it just, like, slowly brightens up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's you don't know where it's gonna go in the beginning, and then it uh, it kind of blooms like a flower. I always consider this song actually. I don't know if you feel this way, but like the precursor yeah. to Summit. Like it's kind of like he made this one so that he could make Summit later in terms of uh, exploring this style. Uh, and obviously, obviously they're at different tempos, but I think sonically they have and a like lot the of fact, uh, the way the lyrics are written. They just repeat the same like lines. It's almost like a poem. And they're both longer songs, but they mm -hmm. just, like, beautifully yeah. blossom. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nice little uh, reprise in between two super heavy tracks, because following that is a collab with, uh... oh, yeah, and so All I Ask of You features the singer uh, Penny, who at the time her name was okay. Penny Bird Rabbit. And after is another collab, which is a collab mm. with Bear Noise and Foreign Beggars from the UK. And that also is super sad that um, one of the foreign beggars passed away. I think like two months ago or so. Yes, like that. That hit yeah, me. Yeah, not too like, long ago. I don't know. I just like it. Kind of got me into hip hop, to be honest. Like before this song, I don't think I would have mm -hmm. ever listened to hip hop. But like the little bit of hip hop that was integrated into like dubstep was what like kind of you know set the groundwork for something I really appreciate and love. And this is probably the first song mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's one that... So we were talking about how rock and roll is kind of underappreciated. This one is yeah, definitely second that, underappreciated. Like, I also, real quick, the intro, I always hear it as former beggars and not foreign beggars. Okay, because usually I'm, like, yeah, crazy because, like, in Skrillex songs, like, in cinema, I always thought it was, like, jump to me. Or, like, not a word. I don't know. I always heard it wrong. And then in recess, <laughs> I always thought it was, like, I don't know. Whenever, like, I see the lyrics, I'm always, like, just dumbfounded. So I'm glad I'm not crazy in that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, they're not the cleanest vocals. They're very modulated. Uh, but, yeah, so this song, I, I, totally like, I, I can't, I don't want to, like, super interpret it emotionally all the time. But I feel like with this song, it's, like, the most um, inconsistent as far as, like, the lyrics are more just, like, probably written by foreign beggars and more fun and more like mm -hmm. danceable and not necessarily like all I ask of you or scary monsters that has something that you could like take deeper from it but it's still a great like amazing song mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah it's kind of and I guess with that with it being like a little bit less serious it's kind of positioned at a good point right. in the album like a little bit before the end uh, but yeah this one doesn't get played out often but I know every time I can find a clip yeah. of him playing this one out, I'm just like, ah, and re-listening to the EP uh, recently to prepare for this podcast. I, <laughs> it's not a song I go back to often, but like whenever yeah. I hear it. I'm no, like, whenever like I, I forget about it. And then like months later when I like rediscover it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the organ is one of the most intense buildups in any like dubstep song, honestly. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of the forgotten one because I'll hear people frequently bring up yeah. every other one. Oh, did you <laughs> notice, by kind the of way, that the they bottom. say fam in the lyrics? I thought that was hilarious because uh, I remember no, I fam became such a word in like, in like 2016, my like college professor was saying fam. And like, it was one of those words that I just like wanted nothing to do with because like, I just, it got so mainstream and so overdone that I was just like, this is just a cringy word. But I love that, like, it's it's probably from UK, I'm sure, and it makes sense. I've heard it more from that side of the pond. But I absolutely love um, hearing it in 2010. I'm like, oh my gosh. Wait, I just, I just, I just have to, I just have to check that you know yeah, what, Yeah, it's just like, like slang is, right? for, like, um, friend or, sure. like. Well, yeah, of course, but, like, it's for more family. like fam. It's more like a friend, typically, <laughs> in the slang, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that third drop, I, like, forgot it existed. So when I heard it this time, I was, like, absolutely mind-blown and, like, taken aback. Like, I forgot some of the sounds in it that, like, are just glitchy. And, like, I love the slow-pitched, like, pauses in there. And it just, it makes it, like, triple intense, honestly. And, like, when people say it's, like, Transformers, it I know it's very cliche, but with this song, it's, like, so true, <laughs> the sounds. Yeah, for sure. And then of the the what Skrillex wrote for the EP, it closes out with With You Friends. Mm. Ah, and this one is like, you know, it's it's it doesn't fit into a typical genre of electronic music. It's kind of a almost like an ambient or orchestral piece that just closed it all out and well I guess it, it does have the it does have like a house beat in it. Yeah. Uh but uh with most of it kind of just being like uh i don't know like a almost like a piano piece or like a singer songwriter piece even and then it brings in that singing again like we were talking about before using vocal chops to sing mm -hmm. and you can hear some of the original lyrics come through which i think is neat that you hear it like chopped and then you pick up words here and there i also love how it like you can have two different voices going on at the same time and like it's almost like the daft punk style of like layering different voices together and like having different pitches and it's just the harmony within the harmony of the not the robots. I don't want to be cheesy, but the harmony of it is really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's just uh, it's incredibly well written. It's like goes beyond just like a four chord melody mm -hmm. and like uh, yeah, it's like a genius closer. Yeah, and like I think this one is cool because he's played it usually in the countdown to him. He'll have like five minutes going down to zero, and then he'll start his set. Mm -hmm. And I love like the really soft ballad he has. It has such a like nostalgic melody to it that I think anybody can kind of get behind, even if they didn't like grow up with it. Like I, I instantly loved this song. I remember. Yeah, for sure. It's just like when uh, you know, it's not one that people just like share around. You know, if you're sharing around a song, you're yeah. probably sharing scary monsters or kill everybody. So I remember listening through the EP the first time and getting to it, and I was just like, wow, that was like. A really beautiful way to end it yeah and it's like the perfect thing i was i keep bringing up of like the light dark kind of synthesis of like it starts with just rock and roll which is just like kind of his, his spirit but then scary monsters is really dark and has like some light in it and then like this one mm -hmm. closes with like a super happy ending and like i love my friends and like good people good times like and i guess that was in rock and roll but like you know it's just like i don't know it's just so cool to like get two parts of his heart i guess like He's just so vulnerable, even in 2010 with, like, dubstep. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
yeah the we fell in love with gravity but did we really need it to find our love like always like you know made me made me think a lot and it may not even have like a super serious meaning but definitely like uh definitely like 15 16 year old will was like thinking about it like yeah, yeah. this is like super deep wait which part and is even that? if it wasn't meant to be deep that's the vocal at the end no at the beginning wait that's what the chop is i thought it was just oh okay yeah, that's what it's uh, chopped up of. Wait, is it from a different song, or uh, do you know what it's sampling? Or chop? No, it's his own voice. It's just his own oh, voice. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, like, and, I mean, it kind of, it, like, even if it wasn't meant to be deep, it, like, didn't need to, because it just, like, impacted me. Right. Kind of like the end of Scary Monsters. Yeah, I think every, all the lyrics of these songs, they're so meaningful to me, because you can interpret them... Like, they mean something different to me now listening to it than they did when I was, like, 13 listening to it. Like, you can kind of apply it to whatever you're going through. And I saw he was actually interviewed about, like, um, how, like, the the light and dark is played into it and, like, how his fans um, interpret the music and, like, draw emotion out of it. And he said it was, like, awesome if you just think it sounds awesome and you want to dance to it. Or if you can find some deeper meaning, that's, like, awesome, too. And I love that, mm-hmm. like, I kind of... It kind of just backs up what I was saying about... The, like you can analyze it harder or you can just like you know mosh and dance to it and love it yeah for sure and that kind of closes out what he wrote for it but there are three remixes at the end which is awesome that he was already getting remix support at this point in time yeah. especially from a group that was at the time mm. so huge in the bass scene mm-hmm. and that would be noisia yeah, I love, too, that these remixers are all, like, from UK, and they're all... Not that he's not authentic, but, like, he definitely tributes the roots in all of his music. Like, especially going forward, he keeps tributing the old genres and really respecting everybody in the music scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we got the Noisha remix of Scary Monsters, and uh, that one is pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm not, like, crazy for this one. I don't like that weird, like, growl sound before the drop like the it just sounds like a Mm -hmm. grumbling tummy and to me like i just prefer the original by far (laughs) but oh me me too for sure although i think it's nice that uh noise should put their touch on it and then the same song got a zed remix which kind of brings it up to like a house song yeah and i love the like halftime again the house halftime at the second drop for like Mm -hmm. it's only for a split second but it's like really gets me still also, I was looking up yeah. the sample for, yes, like, like that thing, the cup stacking video. The cup stacking. And she says, oh my gosh, this whole time I thought it was, oh my god. And, like, it's not a big deal, but I just think that's hilarious that it's, like, I just think that's really funny for some reason. I think it's the way it's, like, cut at the end makes it sound like yeah. that. And then the last one is my favorite of the remixes, and that's the Kill Everybody Bear Noise remix. Yeah, this one I'm also not crazy for, but I also didn't listen to it much wow. back in the day. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I like this one. I think I still prefer the original over it. None of these remixes really change. Uh, uh, like, change, like, none of the remixes, like, I put over the originals, but I do like how the Bear Noise remix puts it at, like, uh, at a faster tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nice. I kind of actually so dislike you... the when the drums go faster, like, in a house way. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it doesn't sound as good as like the halftime that the rest of the song is in. But besides that, I also found a Cone Sound remix of Kill Everybody that I never knew existed. 
And um, yeah, I don't I think it was it. official in any way, but like, I <laughs> love that remix for sure. So I definitely recommend giving that a little listen. Dang. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. So how would you kind of sum up this whole uh, EP? I mean, it was, for me, it's not my favorite work of his. And I think based on you can, so I hate when DJs don't play their old work and they only play their new music and other new music that's coming out. Um, mm -hmm. I love when people play originals, but I think with Skrillex, he usually honors that and plays off his old tracks, but there are a few on this that he doesn't. And I think that's for a reason. I think Kill Everybody, I think um, Skata, uh, I think Rock and Roll, they're great and they're really, really good, but I just think they don't really hold up as well as the other songs. Mm -hmm. And I think they're more, the nostalgia gets me more than um, like Scary Monsters and All I Ask of You and With You Friends, I think are like so timeless. So I think it's like a lukewarm, but if you've listened to like a few of these singles, definitely check them all out because like they're so good overall. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm a little bit uh, the opposite in that this is, and this might surprise you, my favorite thing he's ever done. Wow, that is surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would put, I would put like other, like I would put Bangerang and Recess pretty close to it. Like they're not, the gap is not that huge. If anything, I would like kind of put them parallel. Mm -hmm. But I just love how uh, this EP pushed everything at the time. And like, uh, I, like really listening to it today, like, these are always going to have a special place for me, hmm. and uh, I don't know if anything else can top them. Do you remember? So, just for full disclosure, this is like my favorite artist, and I'm pretty sure he's still yours, right? Uh, not my most favorite, but definitely like within top ten or top five. Okay, but for I remember one time you pulled a crazy prank on me where you were like totally not a fan of Skrillex anymore, and you were like fighting me for I like ten that. minutes, and I kept like being in disbelief, like what are you talking about? Like just yesterday you were just. Sending... That was like the funniest thing. Yeah, ever. that was, that was in retrospect that was like a really bad prank, but the reaction I can still remember that in my mind was amazing. Because I'm just the most gullible person. You were like, "What?" But like, no. <laughs> I'm like so gullible though, so like I can imagine it was fun on your end. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, that's time. I also love well, the uh, Twelfth Planet video of him like playing scary monsters way before it came out, and yeah. I I was thinking like. What do the other people think? Like, do they know how monumental of a moment this is and how much of an impact this song is going to have on everything? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, I wonder. I don't even... <sighs> crazy. Well, Drew, I had a lot of fun talking about this yes. whole EP with you that's done so much for us. That's such a staple in our hearts. Yeah. But uh, before we close it out today, uh, do we have any questions from our listeners? We got another one from Caroline. And this one, you could take it a few ways, like the last one, but what's something that you what wish people knew about you? That I wish people knew about me. Uh, I wish people knew, and usually this is not something that people uh, want other people to know about them, but I really wish that people knew <laughs> that I was very, like, insecure in myself. Uh, I definitely have, like some very weird mm -hmm. hobbies and interests and I'm unabashedly for them. So I'm not really insecure in that way. Like, Oh, I don't feel comfortable that I like this thing and people knowing this thing, but I, I'm definitely like very insecure about people coming to understand me and know me better. And, uh, you know, having a lot of fears about, uh, 
about uh, people's perception of me and stuff. So I wish, honestly, that people did know that because I don't think I put that off that often. Yeah. And I think the inverse can seem possibly seem kind of callous at times. So I, I do kind of wish that people knew that I'm not really that confident in myself. Yeah, I I wasn't going to go that route and I was like kind of confused on how to interpret it. But going off of that, I feel almost the same way. Like, I used to be the most shy kid until college. And then I kind of like had to open up because like I was all on my own. I didn't know anybody. And um, I was in some, had to work with so many people that were so different that like, I don't know, I just became more extroverted and more like rambunctious. And like I had a different character and I had a different like persona. Um, but I still had a lot of social anxiety and I still do now. And I always would, whenever I would tell somebody that, that like, they would just be shocked and like almost fight me about it. And I feel like that happens with so many people. Um, but I'm happy because I can like empathize with the people that people know are shy and quiet, um, on their side and stuff, because I know how that feels entirely. But I kind of like you wish that people knew that side of me that didn't see the like crazy, you know, unabashed side but like saw that that's almost like a way to cover up what's underneath you know but you don't need to hide my friend for i'm just like you wow <laughs> yeah it's a good answer all right now my question comes from my friend billy and billy asks us how <laughs> how many apes do you think your friend can fit in his mouth <laughs> And then he says, same question for him, but about you. What so we're each going to, so I'm going to say how many apes I think you can fit in your what mouth. And you're going to say how many apes you think Look, I can fit. I've heard people sized turtle or the horse sized, like I've heard about that, but like, <laughs> this one is. Yeah. All right. So, so, so my, my answer is, uh, I was thinking about this question a lot. It's a very, uh, it's a very uh, philosophical question. So I googled uh, smallest primate, and the smallest primate is the pygmy mouse lemur, which is 12 to 13 centimeters long, or about 4 inches. So I think you could fit, like, three pygmy mouse lemurs in your mouth. mouth, so yeah, three three apes in your yeah, mouth. My mouth is above average, so I guess I I'll, I'll give you that. Um, How many apes can I fit in my mouth? <laughs> yeah. The, there's a physics question here of like breaking your jaw. I mean, mm, yeah, that's true. I guess if it was like detached, I could fit more apes in my mouth. Can is just probable. Um, mm -hmm. Also, you got to imagine the babies of those are smaller, right? That's true. Yes. So I, I'm gonna say technically, I'll do five. Five. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> wow, we have a lot to think about right now. Yeah, this is well. Well, anyway, Drew, thanks for uh, joining me this week. This was super fun to talk about. Like I said, this is my favorite project for one of my favorite artists. And, yeah. Uh, close to being one of your favorites as well. I also, like, wish more people would understand what he's really about. Because most people, since he is, like, so, so mainstream, I wish people didn't mm. just see him for his hair or see him for that one song or see him. Oh, the hair know. was always, like, a point of a... Uh, the hair was always, like, something that people brought up. Yeah. Uh a lot and uh yeah well i think i think a lot of the people who only heard of it because it was kind of popular at the time didn't really delve into the personality and all of the deeper cuts and stuff like that so that's something that uh you know is unique to us that we delved into because we're in this scene right and i think a lot of people's favorites are the more you know with you friends and all i ask of you like those songs they they go a little deeper in your heart than like just the 
fun ones that you can scream, you know. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, any other words before we go? No. Listen to it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. If you've got any comments, please feel free to send them into us on our socials or in the YouTube comments. Uh, and let us know how you're listening, too, how you like to listen. Uh, it's up on YouTube. It's up on Spotify. It's up on Pocket Cast, I know. And it should be on all other podcasting platforms real soon. Yeah, and we also have a little playlist that has all the songs we talk about that we're listening to in the week to week or the music we cover or even a lot of the video games and movies have soundtracks on Spotify. So we'll just kind of keep that playlist updated week to week. So check that out too in the description. Definitely check it all out. Talk to us. We'll be talking to you as well. And uh, see you all later. Bye-bye.